0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pasha. My name is Nandobe Gomjaili. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, we talk about soil. Our guests are Dr. Lee Winowiki, theme leader for the Center for International Forestry Research and World Agroforestry Research on Soil and Land Health, and soil scientist Dr. Ratan Lal at Ohio State University in the U.S. and winner of the World Food Prize 2020. I started by asking them about the health of soil.
1: Soil health is the basis of uh, health of all terrestrial life. There is no life without soil and no soil without life. They are so intricately interconnected. And human health is also directly dependent on soil health because the quality of the food produced, the micronutrient content, the protein content, the vitamins, many other essential things, all depends on the soil health. And if the soil health is degraded, then the health of plants, animal, and people living on that soil is also affected adversely. In addition to that, the environment quality, water quality and air quality and biodiversity also depend on soil quality and soil health therefore is critically important especially now that the world population is 7.8 billion and going to be 9.8 billion in another 30 years from now. Thank you so much Dr.
0: and Lee, your take on why soil health is important?
2: Soil is so important because it is the foundation of Life on Land. It provides so many ecosystem services. For example, it can sequester carbon, contributing to climate change mitigation. It helps with regulating the water cycle. It also helps with purifying water to make it safe for drinking and for communities. It also is so important when we have healthy soil for Productivity, that can be rangeland productivity, crop productivity. And this is so important when we talk about nutritious food, really making sure that we have healthy soil so that the food we grow is also healthy, which contributes to human health.
0: What do you think are the biggest challenges facing soil? Dr. Lam?
1: Uh, land misuse and soil mismanagement because of the lack of awareness about the importance of soil health and therefore use of appropriate practices climate change which is happening therefore there is a tremendous uh, extreme events their frequency and intensity leading to soil erosion both by water and wind Uh, in addition to that nutrient depletion especially in sub-saharan Africa 30 to 40 kilogram per hectare or negative nutrient balance is happening because whatever is harvested is not replaced Uh, because of many reasons why it's not replaced. The biodiversity, Uh, soil is a home to about 25% of biodiversity. So land misuse and soil mismanagement have a very strong adverse impact on biodiversity. Water quality, so the challenges are many, uh, awareness, but what we need is policy makers who make decisions which are pro-farming, pro-nature and pro-land, how to create policy which are pro-nature, pro-farmer, and pro-land and soil.
0: And Lee, your take on the biggest challenges
2: facing soil? Healthy soil is critical for achieving ecosystem restoration goals, climate change mitigation and adaptation, food and nutrition security. It is central to achieving sustainable development goals. So, some of the big challenges facing soil is that we need first to create awareness about the importance of healthy soil. We need widespread adoption of healthy practices. And we also need to facilitate financial incentives to farmers to encourage them to innovate these healthy soil practices. The earth is suffering, 25 to 40% of the earth's surface is suffering from severe land degradation, limiting the soil to provide these essential ecosystem services and functions. We must come together as a global community, acting locally, um, to really scale soil health implementation. And I think our biggest challenge is just getting people to stop treating soil like dirt and start treating it with the respect it deserves. Um, And this comes from soil stewardship, really caring for the land, caring for the earth, caring for the soil. But in order to do that, we really have to understand the ecosystem that we're trying to restore. We really need to understand the interconnected behavior of land management and soil function. And I think that we need to bring together science, policy and practice to make this a reality to scale soil health.
0: Thank you so much, Lee. And for people who aren't familiar with this field, can you just go over briefly what healthy soil practices are?
1: Well, healthy soil practices are those that uh, protect, restore, and sustain soil health. Soil should always be covered. Some kind of vegetation cover, either alive or dead, mulch farming, cover cropping, agroforestry. So overuse of land. And the other is uh, the law of return. The law of return says that soil is nothing more than a bank account. Just like from a bank, you cannot withdraw more than what you deposit from soil. Also, you cannot continuously withdraw anything more than what you return to the soil. And that's what exactly the law of return is. The law of whatever you take away from soil in one way or the other, you must return it. So the practices which are useful for this, uh, there are many and they are site-specific. There is no one practice that can be adopted everywhere. And some of the examples are agroforestry, conservation agriculture, cover cropping, uh, integrated soil fertility management, integrated nutrient management also called, lack of creating no disturbance of the land, for example, excessive plowing, excessive irrigation for example, in a semi-arid and arid climate. These practices are known, but translating these practices into action has been a challenge. And the challenge of action is sometimes the resource-poor farmers. And in case of sub-Saharan Africa and part of South Asia, most of these are women. So they have a difficulty in accessing the resources which are needed to adopt modern technology. There's a challenge in terms of extension agents available to provide them the new guidance on how to adopt those modern technology, and there's a challenge in availability of the inputs which are needed to manage soil health appropriately and make sure that it can sustain productivity on a long-term basis.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Lal. Lee, anything you'd like to add on that before I move on to the next question?
2: I would just like to build on what Dr. Lal said about the need to tailor the interventions to the context. It is very important that we adapt and innovate solutions to the particular context of the farmer that includes the social context the economic context and of course the biophysical context there is no silver bullet and really encouraging farmer innovation to tailor the implementation of the healthy soil practice to their farm is critical and is actually key to scaling on these interventions and a very important component of this is to have an understanding of the state of land and soil health. We have been implementing the land degradation surveillance framework in over 43 countries across the global tropics to assess key indicators of land and soil health. And that is important as we want to relate how management impacts soil carbon, water holding capacity of the soil, and other key soil indicators. This monitoring allows us to first target the interventions. Better targeting is important for efficiency, but also to track changes over time. So any monitoring needs to have, be robust, but cost effective. It needs to be science-based, but also quantifiable, because we are talking about tracking changes over time.
0: Are there any particular regions on the continent where soil quality is concerning?
1: Well, the continent of Africa have uh, tremendous uh, biophysical and human resources. And uh, despite uh, wealth of resources, the continent has not been able to produce food at a rate at which the population is increasing. And part of the fact that uh, Uh, Green revolution which happened in Asia and elsewhere in the 60s and 70s bypassed Africa because uh, the health of soil was not addressed. And uh, consequently, uh, we still have a problem that the Sustainable Development Goal Agenda 2030, none of them is on the track, especially so in Africa. But there is a time. We still have nine years to go. And in that nine-year, if we can have policies which can pay farmer for generating essential ecosystem services, which depend on soil health, food and nutritional security, definitely, water quality, climate change mitigation, biodiversity, aesthetic value of the landscape. These all can be done with the next 10-year if these policies are pro farm, pro-nature and pro-land managers. So I think uh, bringing focus back on Africa uh, is very critical. We must translate our words into action, our slogan into deed to make sure that we do what we think needs to be done uh, so that uh, one in four person being food insecure in Africa is not acceptable and yet it requires willpower and political action.
0: Thank you, Dr. Lal. And Lee, your take on any areas on the continents that are concerning when it comes to the soil
2: quality? Thank you. It's difficult to highlight specific regions because there's so much variability. But the fact is is that widespread degradation is occurring on every continent. And really where we have issues of land degradation is where soil has been mistreated, and where regenerative practices have not occurred. And this is very worrying because degraded landscapes are more vulnerable to climate change. They're more vulnerable to the stresses that we are all witnessing every day, from droughts, to floods, to erratic rainfall, it is very unfortunate that some of the areas that are already vulnerable to climate change, such as the drylands in northern Kenya, eastern Kenya, these are also areas that are very susceptible to degradation, And there's this loop, this cycle of degradation and climate change, um, where we really need to target ecosystem restoration efforts. Luckily, The UN Decade on Ecosystem Restoration was launched on June 5th, 2021, raising massive awareness for the need to restore ecosystems from the center of the farm to the center of the forest and including oceans, of course. What must be done to make sure that soil is healthy?
1: Well, the most important part to make sure soil stays healthy is never, ever take soil resources for granted. Uh, They are very finite they are very fragile they are very prone to degradation and desertification by land misuse and soil mismanagement we have to be very careful each one of us who depend on soil as a part of the living uh, uh, job or farming or land management uh, is in a way culprit and victim both Culprit because we are sometimes desperate not to be able to do what is required to be done, and victim because soil gets degraded, and then we suffer from the degradative effects on environment and on human well-being. And therefore, uh, education is very critical. The second part is uh, how to empower farmers. Why should the young children at kindergarten and primary school not be taught the importance of soil where the food comes from? where the clean water comes from, where the clean air comes from. They should feel what healthy soil looks like in their very beginning classes, all the way through the primary, middle school, and high school. And they should know that when they graduate with a degree in soil science, agronomy, and environment, they will be rewarded professionally uh, as much as other disciplines are rewarded. Private sector can play a very important role in translating science into action, in addition to the education. They have the resources They have the technology which the farmers need. Therefore, their involvement and working directly with the farmer is very important. Equally, there are other priority buzzwords which are important. So unless we, the academic people, can facilitate understanding by the policy maker you can never take it for granted, you can never take it for given and you must emphasize it will not happen. It was used in COP 21 in Paris but it did not appear in COP 26 and this is something that we have to address. Soil health cash program that uh, Lea and I have been working on along with many other colleagues can really be a game-changing transformative solution Provided that policymaker are aware that they have to put this in their language.
0: And I'm just curious, as Dr. Lal was mentioning, that you know this didn't take center stage in COP26 or wasn't officially, you know, put on the table. I'm wondering what are the what are the implications of such oversights, if one can put it that way? If such an issue isn't made front and center or part of the issues that are being addressed at these international meetings, what implications does it have?
2: We have to avoid any such oversights um, in the future, and while soil was not prominently featured in the COP, despite soil being able to store more carbon than any other terrestrial pool, it is an obvious solution contributing to climate change mitigation, storing carbon in soil, and the other ecosystem benefits associated with that. So it has implications. For me, I think it is that we need to raise more awareness, and we really need to make sure we're targeting specific groups and stakeholders so that they see the benefit of healthy soil for climate change mitigation, adaptation, ecosystem restoration, food and nutrition security. We need this multi-stakeholder action around the scaling of soil health practices. We must have the member states in the room with private sector, with the research community, with the development community and farmers so that this oversight does not happen again. We need to adopt and scale innovative approaches on the ground that are science-based but farmer-centric so that we really can scale healthy soil practices. And this needs international partners but also real dedication from local communities and farmers. We also need to embrace new technologies around soil monitoring. Monitoring soil health has been a barrier because it's so expensive and was so timely. And now with new technologies such as soil spectroscopy, we can monitor soil health much faster, much more efficiently, um, cost-effectively, but it also is scientifically robust. Even though Dr. Lal is disappointed that soil was not highlighted in the COP26 outcome, we had more sessions dedicated to soil health than any other COP. It was amazing, and the community is growing. The private sector community, the member states, the development community, the research community is growing um, to support soil health. So I'm convinced at the next um, UNCCD COP in May of 2022, soil will be highlighted, and the Convention on Biological Diversity and the next Climate Change COP will follow suit. I love
1: to leave it on that sunshine note. Thanks, Lee.
0: (laughs) Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up?
1: I think it's very important to mention when we're talking about foods, nutritional security, that's affecting about 820 million people this year, another 2 billion which are malnourished, that the fire that burns the pit of an empty stomach is so intense and so hot, it can only be quenched by the divine powers in a loaf of bread made from grains grown on a healthy soil. Otherwise, if there is no peace in the stomach, there is no peace in the world. If you want global peace, make sure soils are healthy and they produce plentiful and healthy food. All spiritual leader must give that message.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Pasha, produced by Oseier Patel. For me, Nindo Begum Jali. It's bye for now.